Deeper Darker Variety Show. My name's Ashley. And I'm Casey. I'm full of tacos Casey's right now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm full of nothing. Oh, I wanted to talk about a dream I had because it's one of the weirdest dreams I've had in a long time and it was really cool. So I dreamed that I was in this house with my mom and my aunt and all these bitchy people and somehow my dad was in a plane that got shrunk so it was small like a child's toy and I was like desperately trying to figure out how to like safely get my dad out of this and I was remembering that Star Trek episode and I was like he can't just come out because the molecules of oxygen are too big and he can't breathe them so I have to like redo this thing <laughs> and I like have I know I have a time limit and all of a sudden it just disappears and my dad is gone my dad is dead and I'm like freaking out and crying and my aunt and my mom are like being bitches to me about like just get over it <laughs> so who shows up but Deadpool <laughs> to save me and take me away yes. to make me his girlfriend. And me and Deadpool lived together in this, <laughs> this like open lot with these little shacks on it. And we were in love. <laughs> Dude, I actually had a dream last night and you and Eric and Rigel were in it. Yeah, oh, really? we had gone to like some punk show in Sacramento. Mm. Uh, and I was wearing this like fucking sick outfit, like this kind of like sequin 70s top and like these Ooh. like tight black bell bottoms and oh uh, studio 54 wear. yeah and like a big black leather jacket and stuff look i looked fucking Ooh. great and you yeah. guys they the band was coming off stage and you guys were like casey go fuck the band and tell me how it goes and i'm like okay <laughs> and you guys are like watching me try to seduce the band members <laughs> Good job, dude. I'm proud of you. Instant yeah. groupie. <laughs> so when are you coming to a show with us? Yeah, I got to get a black fur coat, though. That's like the one. You got to find a, one one of the good looking bands, too, because yeah. uh, some of these guys are kind of raw. Yeah. I don't know. Get me drunk enough. <laughs> the dude, we're going to see the Spice Pistols this weekend. And the dude who is Baby Spice, uh, he looks like Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911, Thomas Lennon. Yes. He is so cute. He's adorable. Aww. Like the rest of the guys in the band are like these big old hulking dudes and this like too too tight Spice Girl drag. It's cute as fuck, but that baby Spice. Mm -mm. Cutie. So wait, they mm. so they're a punk band. I assume they're like a Sex Pistols cover band. Then, but they Sex Pistols and the Spice Girls. <laughs> so, but they they yeah. dress like Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. yeah everybody but the drummer the drummer is like just in normal clothes uh but uh the lead singer is ginger in her iconic um british uh, union like, jack yeah. dress yes and then uh the bassist is scary spice and that dude is particularly chunky and he's wearing these very very tiny very tight short shorts with his like rim of of muffin over the top <laughs> and this horrible uh scary spice wig oh my God. they're amazing i i saw them open for agent orange and they were the best oh my part God, of that sounds night. like so I much was fun so fucking into man it. back when we were kids yeah, they, when we would like play spice girls on the playground they always made me look they always made me be posh spice and all I want to do is be Scary Spice. But they're like, you have to be Posh Spice. And I'm like, why? They're like, because you have black hair. And I'm like, that can't be the only reason. I think it's because I yeah, I always stupid. look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Posh Spice was a bitch. She, 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 I mean, she could be just the nicest, sweetest person in the world, but she just always looks like a fucking bitch. 
apparently I've read that she hates her smile. She's very insecure about how her smile looks. So she has this bitch face. She all has the time like because, 11 you know. billion dollars. Get your fucking grill fixed, girl. I I mean, I don't even I she, it's weird how I mean, she's beautiful yeah, gorgeous. And, or she was she's she's a, a little um when you stay that skinny when you get older, you kind of look real Yeah, like very I mean, like no offense gaunt, to scary spice or posh posh spice whatever the Victoria Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, she but she had that stink face all the yeah. time. But yeah, it's anyway, the spice pistols are awesome. We're going to go see them. Their their cover of Pretty Vacant is actually kind of better than the Sex Pistols, which isn't hard, I guess. <laughs> sex Pistols kind of suck. Which, uh, should, do we have anything to talk about or should we segue into our Let's topic segue right now? segue into that. It's perfect timing. Okay, we're going to segue in. First, I'm going to talk about the time that my dad met Sid Vicious. What? No way. So, my dad is at the... The, the house of his very good friend who was a big time Coke dealer. Like I'm talking about like high up on the food chain. Right. And he's hanging out. Like it's like kind of like a clubhousey kind of place hanging out. There's pool table, all that kind of shit, hanging out and playing pool. And this guy walks in with this woman and goes in the back to, you know, get stuff or whatever. And, <laughs> comes back out and is like hanging out and playing pool or whatever and one of my dad's friends is like hey that's Sid Vicious and my dad like is like what the fuck kind of stupid name is that and that's my dad's Sid Vicious Dennis story. would 100% said, say that he said he was a nice young man like I think like they they talked very like I don't think it was anything right. but he said he was polite and whatever but that's a story what, what kind of cunt ass name is that, name is that? <laughs> <laughs> thanks dad so today in honor of valentine's day which oh by the way do you how, what are your thoughts on valentine's day i so okay when i was single i was like this is fucking stupid and now that i'm in a relationship i think it's less stupid baby i mean i think it's okay i think <laughs> um people who go fucking ape shit over it and like spend a shit ton yeah. of money on like whatever i think that's stupid yeah but like i i enjoy a cute little valentine's day card and like you know a nice so like a special dinner that's sweet yeah i get that right uh my husband and i do not yeah <laughs> he is very against valentine's day he's also very against flowers yeah um <laughs> because they die and i, I am as well but occasionally I Ooh, like flowers, I, but like I'd rather have something tangible that's not going to die. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, I've asked him to buy me flowers because I wanted it, and he yeah. did, and they were nice. But we don't do Valentine's Day. Uh, we, you know, we we kind of just it's just the two of us, so we do a lot of things together all the yeah. time, especially being like living together. Like I don't mean like yeah, just another day. Yeah. <laughs> so I especially hated flowers. We're talk oh, about I was just gonna say I. For the long time, yeah. I hated flowers because when my mom died, everyone was sending me flowers, which was like a very, oh, very God. sweet gesture. But for a while, I just associated mm -hmm. with like my mother dying at, with flowers. And yeah. I was like, I, I cannot have these. Oh, of course. Of course. We'll get you edible arrangements. Don't worry. Perfect. You guys can get me like a, a potted plant that I'm going to kill in probably two weeks. Actually, I've you got should. three potted plants right now that are doing great. You should get one of those, um, 
oh god, what the hell did Beck tell me they were like mother-in-law plants or something? They're like these these very hardy plants that you basically just leave the fuck alone. And I managed to kill one. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear that people keep them alive for a while, and I can't keep any plants inside because BB likes to chew on them. Yeah, I have the three plants are out of reach from where Charlotte can be. Although she did sneak up yeah. there at one point. And there's still little bite marks in some of the plants. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, let's talk for again in honor of Valentine's Day and honor of true love tonight. We're going to talk about Sid Vicious and Nancy. Spunkin. Oh yes, that's the relationship we should all model our relationships after. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Sid and Nancy, very much uh, their generations. Uh, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. Yes, you know, definitely. Like very. There's a lot of similarities in this business. It's or like the Pam Anderson else. and Tommy Lee's or. Yes. Who would be yeah. this generation's well, like Sid and Nancy? It's going to be Pete Davidson and somebody. Yes. You know it is. Or. Um, Machine Gun Kelly. And, uh, yes. That's what I was just going to say. Oh, Machine yeah. Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Those sad ass posers. She's so fucking embarrassing. Can we like. Another aside, can we talk about how we did this whole thing, which was good in that we started recognizing the feminism feminism of women who are sexy and beautiful mm -hmm. and all this shit. But we were holding up Megan Fox as though she was intelligent. And <laughs> I never fucking bought it because she's so stupid. Right. But people online are like, oh, she's brilliant. And blah, blah, blah. Like, can we just all admit that we were wrong? And first, she's stupid? First off, she's getting married to a guy named Machine Gun Kelly and they drank each other's blood. And I swear to God, if she doesn't change her last name to Gun Kelly, I'm going to be real pissed. <laughs> Megan Gun yeah. Kelly. OK, I'm kind of be in for that, though. Um, no, every time. And she's such a terrible actress. And every time somebody mentions that, like, but what about Jennifer's body? All she did in Jennifer's body was look sexy. She did real good at yeah, that. Good yeah, job. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Ugh, that stupid movie. I hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's our new, that's our spinoff so, podcast. I hate everything. Oh, I could just talk for days <laughs> about all the things that I hate. We'd have people on our asses so quick, you know, oh, that yeah. you can't say anything. People freak, like. You, if anybody's like, oh, I don't like Taylor Swift's music. I think she's stupid. And everybody's like, ah! Oh God, it's like, man, calm down. It's okay. Let people dislike things. It's all yeah. right. It's all right. And also, Especially I hate Taylor hate Swift, everything. too. Oh, my God. I don't care if she that writes her own songs. Victim. I don't give a fuck. The perpetual victim that's constantly, like, in the media, but, like, crying about how people perceive her in the media. Like, don't, don't act like all my songs are written about boys that I publicly date and then publicly break yeah, up with. But, but they like, are. Yeah, they are. And then she's like, I hate, you know, everyone's talking about it. It's like, yeah, that's your stereotype because that's literally what the first part of your career was all who you were dating mm -hmm. at the time. And then who the breakup album was about. Right. Like... That's your that's your niche, girl. Yeah. Just lean yeah, into it. Yeah, just go with it. It's made her a shit ton of money. Yeah, it's. I'm glad she stopped doing those like really performative like Fourth of July parties and all yeah. that shit. You see Ryan Reynolds looking like he he wanted to die in that picture. <laughs> oh my god, when she was dating uh, what's his face? Um, Loki. A Tom Hiddleston. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Tom Hiddleston when she was dating him and it looked like a dad taking his daughter out for dinner yes. and. And he had like the they thing is he's in, not that, an old man. He's just like uh He just yeah. looks like it. He's he's British, which is kind of a thing. Like uh and also like he's wearing they're frolicking in the sea and he's wearing an I love TS tank top. 
And like, how can you it, ever take him seriously ever again? No. Like, can't. homie. God. <laughs> now that we are off on a tangent about all the pop stars that we hate. <laughs> oh, no, I should say two of the pop stars that we hate because I hate everybody. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so first, let's talk about Sid Vicious because he's honestly the more interesting character in the story. Nancy Spungen is kind of just garbage. I mean, they're both garbage, but he was at least interesting. So... He was born John Simon Ritchie on May 10th of 1957 in London, uh, excuse me, Lewisham, which is, I'm assuming, a suburb of London, to John and Anne. Anne was a high school dropout to join the army, and she met John, who was a guardsman at Buckingham Palace, and a semi-professional jazz tromboner. Oh, tromboner. I got to work the word tromboner into my speech. Like, that doesn't happen very, very often. i very proud of you. Uh, so... Anne and and I'm just going to, even though his name is still John at this point, I'm going to refer to him as yeah. Sid because it just makes more sense. So baby Sid and Anne, they moved to Ibiza in Spain. Ibiza. And John's expected to join them. Ibiza. Ibiza. Woo! The party place. John is supposed to be joining them, but he doesn't show up and he doesn't send money. He just DDs. He just takes off. Oh. So Anne is, is selling pot to make ends meet. And eventually, uh, with the help of the British High Commission, she and Sid come back to England and they settle in Turnbridge, Wells, Kent. The fuck? Um, <laughs> just kidding. Dude. Uh, English. Like pick, just uh, pick I, one name for your town. Sort of fucking yeah, Turnbridge, Well Kent, some shit. Uh, I've known a couple of. of English dudes from Newcastle and the full name of Newcastle is Newcastle upon Tyne. It's like, like they love this three word. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absurd. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, England. Come on, England. Name, name, name your city's Pasadena. Like the rest of us. <laughs> Maybe that's in the Spanish. It's Springfield. I was going to say God Springfield. Um, There's like 3000. Every, every state has a, Yeah. We're, we're fucking, we're fucking clever as shit over here. England. <laughs> we have culture. <laughs> uh, Sid enrolls in Sandown Court School, which is, again, all their weird little names for everything. Uh, so much history. 1965, Anne remarries to Christopher Beverly, but he dies six months later due to kidney failure, which is terrible. Anne and Sid, they move around a bit, and by 1971, they've settled in Stoke Newington in Hackney, East London. So, <laughs> Sid now goes by John Beverly at the new school. He's taken his his deceased stepdad's name. And by 1973, Anne is a junkie. Uh, there's definitely a large history of... Uh, like family history. I mean, heroin... Heroin was catching on everywhere mm -hmm. at this point, but uh, England and Scotland had huge problems oh, yeah. with it. So, uh, like, at one point, Scotland was the highest, uh, it was the epicenter of the AIDS crisis. No way! Because of, yeah, yeah, at one point, because it, it, it had spread via intravenous drug use, because oh, no everybody started doing this, and again, nobody gives a fuck, and they're all sharing needles and everything, and they wind up. That's where, like, I I would have never guessed Scotland for that train spotting. I I uh the oh shit, that's right. As as a again, as we get off topic, but a brief um recommendation: train spotting isn't 
excellent book. It is. Oh God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. It's far more complex than the book. There's a lot more characters and it's a little bit difficult okay. to read because it's a lot of it's in this, in the sling, but it is so good. And the, uh, it also has a se- has a couple sequels and a prequel with all of which I've read, which are quite good. Um, so yeah, Anne is a junkie. And so much so that she's unaware that Sid is now attending a different school, which is the Westminster Kingsway College of Further Education, which is a school for kids with difficulties. All it said was difficulties. So I'm assuming, okay, you know, whichever kind. Sid there, uh, so, oh, he tells the counselor there that he's co- contemplating suicide. And there's also claims that he's uh, uh, killing and torturing cats, which is not good. Ooh, yeah. that's psychopathic behavior. Exactly. And I don't know, again, like, this is just, at this point, rumor. So I don't know, but that's gross. So 16 years old, Anne kicks him out because of his bullshit. Uh, anyway, during this school, Sid meets fellow student John Leiden. Leiden? How do you pronounce it? That's Johnny Rotten, who will become Johnny Rotten. Okay. Uh, he introduces him to John Gray and John Wardle. So they become the four Johns, and they all quit school and just start squatting. So they're squatting around town and uh, they're busking at one point. Uh, vicious and rotten are busking and what's that? Uh, street performing to get money. Oh, oh, oh okay. um, and he's playing vicious is playing the tambourine and they're doing Alice Cooper covers and people are paying them to stop. <laughs> but <laughs> So, Leiden dubs Sid Sid Vicious after Leiden's hamster Sid, who is named after Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd. And this hamster bites John and causing him to say, Sid is really vicious. Oh my God, this fucker bit me. And so that's how he got his name from being bitten by a hamster named Sid. Fucking dumbest way to come up with a name. It's a great name though, I will say. Sid Vicious is a brilliant name. Um, Steve Jones, he was later the guitarist of, of the Sex Pistols and the, later after that, the professionals. He's the one that named um, the other John, Johnny Rotten, and Sid named uh, Wardle Jaw Wobble. And Jaw Wobble was eventually in PIL, which is Public Image Limited, which is Johnny Rotten's next band. So after the Sex Pistols, okay. Johnny Rotten okay. is in PIL. PIL is arguably... Um, I don't know. Some people really like them. I didn't really get into them, but they are better than the Sex Pistols. Uh, yeah. So the four are hanging around Kings Road and Chelsea, which at this time is the center of swinging London and music and fashion and everything that's going around. And they haunt this store called Sex, which is run by Malcolm McLaren, who is a promoter. He eventually managed the Sex Pistols and the New York Dolls. Uh, Vivian Westwood, who... Vivian. Oh, no shit. Yes. And you know. Like the Vivian Westwood? The Vivian Westwood. And when you think of Vivian Westwood, you think of class, don't you? Like classy clothing? Yeah. She is responsible for a big part of the punk and new wave look at the time. Which I had. What? Yes. I had no fucking clue. Dude. I'm telling mad, you. Mad respect. All of these people. It's, it's such a fascinating thing. So uh, there they also meet Chrissy Hind, who will eventually be in The Pretenders. And she actually tried and failed to get Sid to have a sham marriage with her so she could get a work permit and stay in England. <laughs> but he, he wouldn't go for it. <laughs> so um, by 1976, uh, Rotten joins Jones, Glenn Matlock, and Paul 
Paul Cook to form the original Sex Pistols. So Vicious is not in the Sex Pistols at this point. Uh, 1976, Vicious co-founds as a vocalist and saxophone player this band called Flowers of Romance, along with The Clash's Keith Levine and Paul Molive's Viv Albertine. Uh, this is what they will what later, later go on to do. Sid learns to play the bass by emulating this Ramon song. I don't want to go down to a, to, I don't want to go down to the basement. And that basic, uh, bass pattern is what he based all his playing off of after that. Sid Vicious, for those of you who don't know, who aren't into punk, Sid Vicious cannot play his instrument at all. At any point. He sucks. He is a terrible bass player. It was the image Everybody wanted them up there for and the chaos. Yeah. So uh, in June of 1976, Vicious attends a Sex Pistols concert. And also there is Nick Kent, who is the former Pistols guitarist and now a journalist and Chrissy Hines' boyfriend. Kent is blocking Sid's view and Sid is high on speed. So he goes out and he finds a rusty motorcycle chain and he fucking chain whips this dude in the head and like splits his head open because he was standing in front of him at the Sex Pistols concert. Dude, Eric, you would be so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so the band Flowers of Romance splits up without ever performing or recording anything. But the songs that they wrote would later go on to be covered by other bands. So that's kind mm -hmm. of influential. So now The Damned, also a huge name in punk rock. The Damned consider Vicious for a frontman. But Vicious misses the audi audition. He claims info was withheld so that he would miss it. But that sounds like a junkie excuse to me. Like, that sounds like someone we know. Like, oh, yeah, they fucked me over, so I missed I missed the audition. Yeah, you're probably high, you dumb Yeah, fuck. right. Yeah. So, so he's he, he does wind up pissed at the guy that got the, uh, the position, which we will get to. So in September 20th, Sid Vicious plays drums for Susie and the Banshees. Also a big, 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 big name, Susie Sue, uh, at their first ever gig at the 100 Club Punk Special on Oxford Street. It's a two-day festival. And the next day, Vicious attends the damn set. And drunk and high on speed, he throws a glass at the lead singer, Dave uh, Vanian, and he misses. And the glass shatters on this, this pillar and blinds a woman in one eye. What the fuck? Yes. So Dude, that sounds... I mean, I've never done speed. But that sounds like some shit that you would do on yes. speed. Yeah, a lot of a lot of these are drug fueled antics, and the antics of a, of a of a, bo a man boy who never had any kind of yeah uh, direction or guidance or you know he's just. I've only done cocaine. I would never do speed. Oh, never, never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait till you can't afford the cocaine. Um. Anyway, so Sid is arrested. I don't do that shit no more neither. <laughs> yeah. So Sid is arrested. And Vivian Westwood visits, visits Sid Vicious in prison to gift him with a copy of Helter Skelter. <laughs> I didn't know Vivian Westwood was so badass. I had no fucking clue. Like, dude, <laughs> so fucking badass. <laughs> so February of 77, Malcolm McLaurin, who is again their manager, he announces that Matlock the, uh, was kicked from the band because he liked the Beatles. That's literally the announcement they made. <laughs> they kicked him out of the band, but... Sounds suspicious. Yeah, Matlock said he left because he was tired of all the fucking bullshit. And he is replaced with Sid Vicious, which is what Malcolm McLaren wanted in the first place. Uh, uh, Malcolm McLaren once said, if Rotten is the voice of punk, then Vicious is the attitude. Which is true. 
And Sid Vicious by this point had become the Uber fan. He was attending all the Sex Pistols concert and he was encouraged to be as drunk and disorderly as possible. Uh, Wobble said, <laughs> I know. He says, Sid was offered up as a sacrificial lamb by people around the pistols. None of them would have gone over the top. He was their kamikaze pilot and they were all happy to strap him in and send him off. So he's just up there really for set dressing, but <laughs> March. They're like, can you play an instrument? He's like, Kinda. 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 I have I have nightmares where I'm up on stage with a guitar that I don't know how to play. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> um, Everyone's like, dance, monkey, dance. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll just do this ambitious thing and just get really loaded and just. <laughs> so uh, March of 1977, the P Sex Pistols signed to A&M Records and they celebrate by trashing these people's office. And then they hold this private party at this place called the Speakeasy. BBC DJ Bob Harris, who has this like uh, this show that um, features like underground bands, lesser known bands. They Sex Pistols. I'm a, I don't know if it's all of them or just Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious, but they with broken bottles. They shove broken bottles in this homie's face, and they're demanding to know when he's gonna put them on their show on his show. And then uh, the guy's like, um, well, never now. <laughs> so uh, there's a bar fight because of this. And Sid Vicious jams the broken bottle into the face of another guy, BBC recording engineer, George Nicholson. And Harris and these guys are rescued by the Procol Harum road crew, which Procol Harum doesn't mean much to most people, but their most famous song is Wider Shade of Pale, and they are so fucking good. If you're into 60s music, oh my god, Procol Harum. They're so fucking good. I do love 60s music. Oh, I do. I do. It's my it's my jam. It's weird that I love both punk and the music of the 60s, because it's the music of the 60s that inspired punk to be punk, because they hated their parents yeah. and the stupid bullshit. Yeah. So, anyway. The very next day, A&M Records dropped the Sex Pistols. So they had one day. Oh, big surprise. And <laughs> Capital bans their music from their stations. But again, as, as terrible as this is, this is really just building the mystique of the Sex Pistols still. Yeah. So uh, Vicious still sucks at the bass. And Steve Jones does his parts on uh, Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, which is their album. Vicious got to play on Bodies, but he ended up overdubbed anyway. And he's missing most rehearsals and jams and shit because he has hepatitis from intravenous drug use. And he is on heroin more and more. And his mother is his supplier. Mm. Also in 1970. Wait, his mom is supplying him with drugs? Yep. His mother is his... It's that his is like... That is some Alabama shit. At one point, he... Dee Dee Sorry, Alabama listeners, but that's <laughs> some Alabama shit. <laughs> uh, Dee Dee Ramone had, like, seen him shooting up all the time. And um, his friend John Gray had found Vicious shooting speed while he was living with his mother. And, he's, and, and he asked him about it. And he said, it's me mom's. Like, it's my mom's speed that I'm shooting up. Yeah. Shooting up speed? How does your heart not fucking explode? Oh, it's hardcore. Instantly? It's really fucking hardcore. Fuck. Um, and here comes in 1977, nauseating Nancy, as the British tabloids dubbed her, as the media dubbed her. She was born Nancy Laurel Laura Spungen, uh, February 27th, 1958, in Philadelphia, to Frank and Deborah. 
they're a middle-class Jewish family. Uh, she's born with severe cyanosis, which is when your tissue changes to a bluish, like purple color because of lack of oxygen, because there's a, her umbilical cord is wrapped around her neck. Oh shit. So she, ha um, she nearly dies, but she lives obviously. And she's released from the hospital eight days later with supposed, supposedly no brain damage, but she's a difficult baby. She has crying fits and temper tantrums for years, like years past the, you know, the, the window where kids normally do that shit. At, th yeah. at three months old, at three months old, she's prescribed a liquid barbiturate and it does nothing to help. <laughs> her, her mother said, I know it's normal for babies to scream, but Nancy did nothing but scream. So, uh, Dude, I straight up take that baby back and be like, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. Just, let's just put it, do, do the biblical thing and lay it among the reeds. <laughs> And maybe <laughs> someone will find it. I did the because that's better than abortion. Yeah, fuck it. So Nancy's good in school. She has very few friends, uh, but she's extra. She's violent towards her little sister Susan, but very loving towards her little brother David. Which sounds like narcissistic tendencies. But uh, she threatened. Yeah. She threatened to kill her babysitter with scissors, and she tried to beat up a psychiatrist who said she was acting out for attention. This is all when she is a child child like before well, her and Sid Vicious are obviously perfect for each other yes. she's expelled from school at 11 due to two weeks of, of absences and her parents sent her to the Devereaux Glen Holmes school which is the therapeutic girls boarding school it's basically a bad girl okay. school uh, 1972 she runs away from the school slits her wrists with scissors she's diagnosed schizophrenic at 15 but she manages to graduate high school Fuck. and she's accepted in the University of Colorado at Boulder at 16 years old. But five months later, she's busted uh, buying pot from an undercover cop. And then she's later arrested for storing stolen property in her dorm room. So, she's kicked oh out of school God. and <laughs> she is banned from the state of Colorado. You, that's fucking awesome to get banned by an entire know, that's, state that's kind of cool like i would totally be be bragging about that <laughs> i would hella be bragging about that like guess what i'm never allowed in mississippi again <laughs> want to know why <laughs> damn it'd be hard to get banned from mississippi um i know <laughs> so nancy moves to new york city at 17 she supports herself with prostitution and she becomes a big old groupie where did she move new york yeah yeah, so she's, you know, which is common, people moving there, you know, that's a very common thing. To Especially during that time, yes, too. you're supporting, you're, you know, trying to get by, you're young. They would, like, uh, there were, like, pimps that would hang out at bus terminals, mm -hmm. and, like, mm -hmm. these girls who just came to New York, they're like, hey, you want a job? Or young gays, like, because you're running away from yeah. home, you've been expelled yeah. from your home, you have nothing. Um, that was a big, a big, big thing. And I, I think still, still is a prevalent thing, uh, because, you know, people mm -hmm. forced into this situation will do what they have to do to survive. So yeah, no shade towards sex workers. Y'all, y'all are nope. cool. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Work is work. Uh, so she's a groupie. She follows around Aerosmith, Bad Company, the New York Dolls, the Ramones. She's just one of those girls. She also has hookups for she's really good at finding drugs so <laughs> keep that bitch around in 1976 sniff them out <laughs> she flies to london with the heartbreakers and she meets up with the sex pistols at first she's trying to get in johnny rotten's 
like she wants to fuck Johnny Rotten, but Johnny Rotten wants oh. nothing to do with her. And he's like, nah, nasty no, girl. No, she's nasty. She's kept around because she gets drugs, but uh. So she winds up with Sid Vicious, and um, they are uh, they're both junkies. They're both um, fucked up people, but apparently had a very complex relationship with each other. Uh, Interesting. There's taught like. He is this man boy and she is super experienced in sex and drugs and all this shit. And are they are they roughly the same age at this point? You know, I don't know. I think so. I didn't. Let me. OK. Hold on. What years were they born? Um, she was born in 58 and he was born in 57. Yeah. So they're within a year. OK. So. Um, hey, my mom was born in 57. Oh. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so Nancy, like, like dotes on him. She cuts his meat for him, like, takes care of him. But they also beat the fuck out of each other. Like, it's very, very tempestuous. But she fucking worships her. Worships the ground he walks on. She walks on. And um, at one point, Nancy, there's there's a groupie who's, like, gushing over Sid Vicious at the top of these stairs. And Nancy was like, Put, mm-hmm. push that bitch down the stairs. And he did. He just pushed her. Just whatever. What the fuck? People, uh, it said he was, uh, his, her knight in rusty armor. Um, but a nice, t- a really quick segue into, into a nice thing about Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten and all of them. There was a nationwide fire brigade strike. So the fire brigades are on strike. So, uh, Christmas is coming up and these kids can't, you know, they they don't have any money for Christmas. So the Sex Pistols roll into this town and throw a free concert for these families. And like, uh, Aww. Johnny Rotten at one point hand, uh, dresses up like, um, Santa and hands Santa. out presents. Yeah. It's very, it's, Aww. I saw it. It's a very short documentary called the Sex Pistols Save Christmas. It's very cute. Like you know that's cute yeah. so they have they have their people talk about Sid Vicious like he's so gentle and he is so violent but I think it's this you know it's this dichotomy of it but anyway yeah uh, junk habit is worsening uh, they at one point when they are now on tour in the US uh, Malcolm McLaren kept trying to have Nancy Spongeon kidnapped to get her the fuck because she's ruining everything get the fuck out of here and he can't get her out so eventually she's banned from their US tour she cannot come. What the fuck? You got to stay home. No one likes you. <laughs> this bitch is getting banned everywhere. Right. So his junk habit is worsening in San Antonio. He feels antagonized by this audience member, so he hits him in the head with the guitar. <laughs> in Dallas, before the show, he's like uh, desperate for a hit, so he takes a razor blade and he carves "Give me a fix" in his chest before he goes on the show. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, after the show in Winterland at San Francisco, the band breaks up because it's just like everyone's tired of it. Everybody's had it. Sid, Sid isn't present. All this shit's going on. It's over. So uh, Sid goes on this big old methadone bender and overdoses. And he, that's right. He had that was he had that non-lethal um, overdose. Yes. So. Um, hold on. Hold on one second. Oh, also, I need to pull this in here because I, I forgot to write this down. I, I like somehow missed this this thing. So, Sid Vicious may have occasionally facilitated 
Nancy's prostitution and watched. That's another thing about oh, yeah. and um, a voyeur. And so uh, Nancy is known to everybody to be super verbally aggressive and, and mean to this guy. But behind closed doors, he's also beating the shit out of her. So mm-hmm. it's it's very but like she's she's getting made out to be the bad partner. Yeah, and, and and she is, but he is also, you know, they're they're fucked up on this shit. Um, eventually yeah. after this, you know, after going to jail and doing all this shit for them for the overdose, he's reunited with Nancy, and they go to Paris to film this mockumentary called The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. Sid spends most of the time in Paris shooting up in his room with Nancy. And on the occasions that he does try to leave, she, like, punishes him. And according to the director uh, of the mockumentary, Julian Temple, he says, I remember coming back one day and she'd cut her wrists and there was blood all over the bed. She'd faked a suicide attempt to really make Sid feel that he shouldn't leave her, even for a few hours, to do any filming. Wait, so is this... This is after the final show. Yeah, the Sex Pistols have broken up. San Francisco. And no, like Sid Vicious is just unmoored at this point. At one, he does a brief tour with Nancy Spungen as his manager, which I think is specifically mocked in um, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap because they break up and the the one lady becomes the manager of of What's His Face. It's great. If you haven't watched Spinal Tap, you should watch it. it's been many years. It's so good. I love all his. I'm a huge Christopher Guest fan. I've seen all his films. Mm-hmm. I love him. Anyway, August of 1978, Sid and Nancy move to New York City and they set up in room run, room 100 of the Chelsea Hotel. They're hanging. This is just like their nasty ass tweak uh, uh, junk pad. And yeah. they're constantly having parties. People are coming and going. Drug dealers are coming and going. October 11th. So only August to October, not long after they'd moved in there, uh, they're hosting a party for the night and Sid eats 30 uh, tablets of Tuanol. Tuanol is hella strong. It's a barbiturate. It, it'll fuck your ass up. And he took 30 of them. And he's My God. comatose for most of the night. So there's all these people coming and going. And this factors in because at 11 in the morning, the front desk starts receiving these calls and the bellman comes up and Nancy is on the floor and she's bleeding from her abdomen and Sid is wandering the hallways wailing that he killed her. And he repeats oh, this uh, to the cops. He says, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her. And then saying he doesn't remember what happened and then saying she'd fallen onto the knife as they were fighting. Um, there are she fell onto the knife is that what he's trying to say that's what he said there are people that think that she was actually murdered by one of the drug dealers that come and go there is a guy who who admitted to it but people say that you know it's just bullshit and he's just bullshitting i don't know what's not clear is if he went to jail right after that i assume he went to jail right after that and i assume that's where this happened because 10 days later he takes a smash light bulb and slits his wrist. Nancy is dead and he slits his wrist and he is sent to Bellevue hospital where he tries to jump out a window, but is stopped. And he's screaming, I want to be with my Nancy. I want to be with my Nancy. Dude. In November of 1978, during an interview, he says the death was meant to happen. Nancy always said she'd die before she was 21 and near the end of the interview, he's asked if he was having fun, like put, putting him on. And he tells the reporter he's just kidding. 
and asked the reporter asked him where he would want to be right now and he says under the ground so he is melting down he's i guess out on bail but he attacks patty smith's <laughs> brother todd at a scoffish show and he's arrested december 9th and sent to rikers for an enforced detox rikers island is hardcore Fuck. and an enforced detox i'm sure that means no methadone no nothing like they're gonna lock you till you yeah yeah so he's released on bail the bond was covered by Virgin Records. Um, Malcolm McLaren did a lot of work to help get that bail. And Mick Jagger actually paid for Sid's lawyer. And uh, Johnny... What? Yeah. Johnny Rotten has said that how impressed he was that Mick Jagger has never brought that up and never tried to use that for PR. He just did it and didn't say anything about it. So... That's great. School of Mick Jagger. I mean, it's great, except for maybe, maybe he actually killed Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Jagger came in and killed Nancy. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm saying, like, that's great, but then it's at the same time, like, yeah. he, he might possibly be bailing someone out who actually committed murder. Well, no, he, Mick paid for the lawyer. So the lawyer, uh, you know, oh, okay. there, there was talk of getting him off, but also, I mean, your lawyer needs, you need to have a good lawyer just to make sure that your rights don't get trampled yeah. on anyway. Right, um, yeah. And I mean, if he was blacked out, who knows what the fuck happened. So... He's released on February 1st, 1979. He's released from jail for this this attack on uh, Patty Smith's brother. And him and a small group, including Jerry Only of the Misfits and Howie Pyro of Degeneration and his new girlfriend, uh, Michelle Robinson. It's her little house. And mm -hmm. they're having a little party. Sid has his photographer, photographer friend, Peter Gravel, uh, go get him heroin and deliver it to him. And uh, uh, Robinson... Uh, his girlfriend gives him uh, four quaaludes to help him sleep. So he <laughs> takes quaaludes and he does heroin again. I'm assuming as many um, relapsing addicts tend to do, taking the dose you used to take while not realizing that your body can no longer handle that dose. You don't have any mm -hmm. tolerance left. So Sid Vicious ODs in his sleep and dies. Uh, this is February. I'm, I'm sure the Quaaludes had a little something to do with that too. Yeah. Oh man, I want some ludes. Uh, they don't make but those anymore. You can't anymore. get them anymore. No. You can't get the original shit anymore. So Sid Vicious has died. His his mom finds him in the morning. Uh, no New York funeral home will handle his body or his funeral because of his reputation. They have to send his ass to New Jersey to get cremated. No way. Nobody wants to. No one even wants to deal with him when he's dead. Yep. Yeah. That's fucked. Like, homie, that's he's dead. Just let him, fact. you know. So that's oh my god. Uh, Sid wanted to be buried with Nancy, of course, but Nancy's Jewish and she's laid to rest in a Jewish cemetery. So interfaith burials mm. are fucking hella complex, even if he wasn't her possible murderer. So, um, <laughs> they're like, never mind the fact that you probably murdered her. You're not Jewish. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> so his mother, Anne, goes to Nancy's mother, Deborah, and asks if she could sprinkle Sid's ashes on Nancy's plot. And Deborah's like, fuck no, get the fuck out. And so Jerry only. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. But Jerry only, again, Jerry only of the misfits, which is a huge deal. Um, he drives Anne. And her sister and some of Sid's friends to the cemetery. And they sprinkle the ashes anyway on Nancy's grave. Because they mm -hmm. wanted to be together. Fuck though they were. Uh, his mother Anne claims she found a note in Sid's leather jacket. Says 
we had a death pact and I have kept my half of the bargain. Please bury me next to my baby. Bury me in my leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. Goodbye. Oh. That's the end of their Guy, love. he was just such a baby. They were both 21 babies. 21 years yeah. old. Yeah. And Nancy, again, suffering from, uh, she was diagnosed schizophrenic. Who knows? I, I, schizophrenia is very very complex and it's a very difficult thing but he might yeah. who knows what might have happened to him if he had lived um right he, what he could have become unfortunately uh he didn't become johnny rotten who is a pasty pudgy trump dick sucking piece of That's shit right fuck you Ugh. johnny rotten i'll know you're never listening to this but if you are listening to this fuck you could you, you imagine he's sitting there like fuck you bitch <laughs> fuck you bald ass bitch no fuck you johnny rotten you poser ass motherfucker like you're so fucking pathetic yeah. i can't even with you oh it's so it's so unpunk to be a trump supporter i can't even like and that's the thing i had to leave all these punk groups for a myriad of reasons but on it's not so much in, in person but online these trump people are trying to act like conservatism is the new punk because it's pissing people <laughs> off it's so pathetic and they also try to do this thing where uh they they have this meme and it says you're only punk if you share the, if you share the ideals of every corporation out there and i was like homie I was on the fucking LGBTQ train a long ass time ago. I had a goddamn mm -hmm. uh, PFLAG membership. For those of you who don't know, PFLAG is Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. It is still an organization. It is uh, less prominent now as more people are more accepting of their of their deals. But uh, used yeah. to be back in the day, showing support for for your gay anybody was a big deal thing. And yeah. like, um, I'm not gonna let go of my hard. These are ideals I fought for since I was a teenager. And just because a corporation yeah. is playing lips, paying lip service to them through ads yeah. does not mean I'm going to give up these ideals and be like, oh, I'm a conservative now. I love Trump because he, he upsets people. He makes them mad. And I love he it. He upsets when, people because he's a fucking asshole. It's libtard tears and libtards are crying because they're stupid. They're so stupid. So check out the Trump nut, the truck nuts. <laughs> On my fucking vehicle. Fuck you people. <laughs> Man, I, I, I love so much how Republicans think they're owning me as a lib when they like talk shit about Joe Biden. I'm like, oh, we don't like him either. I don't like him either. They're like, they're like let's go, Brandon. I'm like, you can just say fuck Joe Biden because that's what I have. To yeah, say. I just say it because fuck you, Joe Biden. we're adults. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. This is a shitty ass president who has no fucking backbone and is going to let us all fucking die because corporate Democrats suck. Mm hmm. But yeah. also, I love how we started with, uh, yeah, we're going to pay off everyone's student loans to like, well, we'll pay 10,000 toward, towards your student loans to where it's like nothing at all. I'm like, at least the the least that they could do is stop the interest on them and they, refund us all for the interest that we've paid into it. Because the interest of student loans works so differently. Mm. It compounds every yes. single month. Yes. So people end up paying three times as much than they actually took out. Yep. It's fucking it's bullshit. And also during the pandemic, nobody's been paying their student loans anyway. And guess what? No financial institutions have fucking crashed because of it. They so won't. It's like, it's yeah. Yeah. And why are anyway, the financial, I'm off that soapbox. No, but why are the financial institutions more important than all of us trying to live right now? Like it's bullshit. They are yeah. fucking us. I'm, I'm big on the labor movement, general strike, all this shit, man. 
I am for it. Like, burn it down because these people do not care about us and they will literally watch us starve. Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump will sit and eat gilded caviar while we starve to death. So let's not. I hate Nancy Pelosi. Oh, she's such a fucking cunt. I don't. I want to find her house in Pack Heights and just piss on it. Yeah, dude. She fucked that bitch. She sold us out every fucking time. I hate Mm -hmm. her and she will not go away. God, we need better representation. Ugh. And they're all we like, need, we need like more younger people in there. Like, can we get rid of all these fucking yeah. eighty-year-olds? Uh, so, oh my did god, Sid Vicious lived down the street from you back in the day. Yeah. So I, I, um, so I live in Haight Ashbury in San Francisco, or the Hashbury, if and you will. the Hashbury. A lot of famous people lived here. The Grateful Dead lived here. Janis Joplin. Um, Jimi Hendrix, there's like murals of them mm-hmm. everywhere. But I just found out that that Sid Vicious had a house wow. here, and actually, that's where he overdosed after the final show oh, at the at Winterland, the Winterland yeah. Hall. I'll be damned. Yeah. So, and I looked it up on a map, and it's literally. So I'm at Waller near Downey Street. Yeah. Do you want people to know that? One block down. <laughs> anyway go on i'm sorry i mean (laughs) there are a lot of buildings here so one block down from downey is um del mar street so del mar street is one street away from downey so he's like (laughs) their house is like a block or his old house was like a block and a half away from where i currently live yeah there's a lot of history there and also a lot of obnoxious dude hate hate ashbury's <laughs> they're 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 harmless, but they are annoying as yeah, fuck. Sometimes. They, they can be really annoying. They can also be incredibly charming sometimes. So Yeah. Well, I told you about how that motherfucker charmed me out of my slice yeah, of pizza. Fucker. Yeah, he oh ma- miss, are you emotionally attached to that slice of pizza? I was like, God damn yeah, it. You got that's me. too good of a come on. I have to give it to you. Emotionally attached yeah. to pizza. Uh but at least And they've got like uh Oh, no, I was going to say, at least you have that memory. That's what you got. It's a fun memory. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening to yet another exciting episode of the Deeper Darker Variety Show. We'd like to thank producer Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. And, and Unlikely Legends Productions for producing this podcast. We'd also like to thank friend of the show, Juan Solo, for creating our intro and outro tune. Uh, we have our links to our website, social media, Patreon, and streaming services all at Linktree at linktr.ee dash the deeper, darker variety show. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and TikTok, as well as subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Rates and reviews get us exposure, and exposure gets us more awesome listeners like you. How's that Bible doing? It's pretty, pretty holy. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, complaints, corrections, or topic suggestions, please email us at deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks, and we'll see you next time on the Deeper Darker Variety Show. Hallelujah, motherfuckers. Hallelujah. Bye. Bye.